0: So, I want to talk about the band and get your opinion on a couple things and talk about your producing team, but uh, I guess like any good story, we got to kind of start at the beginning, and Slaves to Humanity was kind of born out of the ashes of another version of the band, and then you had a show booked and kind of had to put a band together at the last second.
1: That's basically the the sum of it. I had another band, we were also named Slaves to Humanity, and... um... Me and the members had a falling out about a week before um, a show at the House of Blues, and then two. So then the week after would be a show at the Whiskey um, in in Hollywood. And so I put together some of my friends for the House of Blues, but they had their own things going on, so they couldn't stay in a band. And so I went online and found a website called Bandmix. And it's kind of like I, I like to say it's it's like Tinder for bands. <laughs> um, but uh, it, I found all of my members on on Bandmix, which was sick. And we met the week of the show at the Whiskey. We were opening up for Alien Ant Farm, and um, then we played the Whiskey. On I think it was that Saturday, we played the Whiskey. Wow! And it was like our first show. One, we only had one week of practice. We had no clue how it was going to go. Our bass player Nathan never played a show in his life before. <laughs> But the, we, we did it, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, we've been together ever since.
0: That was almost two years ago. Trial by fire, as they say. Yeah. You know, I was curious... Throw it in there. I was curious for you how it got going. I'm always amazed by singers, because I can't sing one iota. But I'm always curious <laughs> with, with those people that are like, yeah, I'm going to be a singer. Were you, like, classically trained or shower trained? Or how did how did the singing bug hit you?
1: Well... I, I was singing when I was very little. I was a such Michael Jackson fan. Or I, I was singing all his songs. Uh, I knew all the lyrics. I knew all the dance moves. I I could do it all when I was very young. And then as I got older, I got into guitar, and I saw Slash um, play with his, with his solo career band with Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. Right. I, I was super into guitar because Slash was awesome, and I wanted to play like Slash. But... As I started listening to Slashmore, I started getting more into Miles Kennedy ah. and Alter Bridge and his his band and uh, and all that. I was blown away and I'm like this is what I want to do. And then I wanted to play guitar at the same time and eventually that just doesn't work out. I mean there are people in the world that that can do it and they do it very well. It's a skill that that really requires like a lot of focus on both like parts Mm-hmm. And I couldn't focus on either if I had the other in my hand, so <laughs> I ended up just, I ended up just saying, okay, I'm, I'll, I'm just gonna sing, and um, I wasn't really trained. Uh, now I have a vocal coach. His name is uh, David Stroud. Besides that, I, I've never, I didn't do any vocal training at all until I got into the studio with our producers for Battleground.
0: So that's crazy. But, you know, it makes sense that you would put down the guitar since you already had the MJ dance moves down. Then you could just focus on the <laughs> dancing and singing. Exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, it's funny. I, I didn't realize it at the time, but doing my homework... I did see you guys open for Edema last year at the uh, House of Blues of Anaheim show. Did you?
1: That's awesome.
0: You know, I didn't know anything about the banner, but I was like, who are these kids? How great is this that they're playing opening up for Edema and all super talented? How was that? I mean, imagine that show came through Ryan, right?
1: Yeah, that came through Ryan.
0: How did you initially hook up with Ryan and Amir?
1: Uh, our first manager, uh, he, was, he was a really cool guy. He uh, uh, managed us for a year, for our first of year together. And um, he had taken us to a uh, the Newport Film and Music Festival, which was um, at Fashion Island, and a bunch of these like old old rockers, like giant names and stuff. They were all there. They introduced us to um, Ryan Firth, and Ryan was the first person we met there. And instantly, he was like, "Who are these kids? I want to eat their souls and be young." That was. <laughs> The first that was the first thing he told he told us. First sentence <laughs> Who are these kids? I wanna eat their souls and take their age. And we knew right then right and there we're like this guy is gonna be the guy. We met Ryan at the film festival and we honestly had no clue if we were ever going to see him again. And then a couple of months later we ended up having him and Amir, Amir Daraki, drawing he, he was with Ryan and Orgy. Yeah. And with him and his current band Julian K. Right. They both kind of came to a practice and Watched us play for a little bit, and they said, "Okay, let's well, let's work." And we got to work. And I think like two months later, we finished recording Battleground and Riot Act, which was awesome.
0: Yeah, I really love Riot Act. I mean, I know I know Battleground has kind of been the focus, but for me, uh, Riot Act was the, the one that jumped out to me.
1: Oh yeah, I, that one is definitely one of my favorites that we've recorded. But when when we release when we released them, it, it was just not good timing. To have have both of them out, so we're probably going to do a, a re-release with Riot Addict and see sure how it goes because that's a really solid song.
0: You're going to do an EP. What's kind of the the plan strategy for 2021?
1: So as of right now, we are in the studio recording a full length album. We don't want to wait for labels. We don't want to wait for anybody. We're just going straight for it. We want to get music out to everybody because we love what we do and we want everybody to hear what we do. You know, we want everybody to hear the work that we've been putting in. So. As of right now, we are more than halfway through for a full-length album.
0: Awesome. And uh, any idea of how many songs are you looking? 10, 12? What are you thinking?
1: Uh, 12 to 15. Oh, wow. 12 to 15. But we want to jam-pack it, you know?
0: And then when do you think it'll be out?
1: I don't know when the full length would be out. But I do know that are we are we're planning on releasing another single by March.
0: Okay, so a little little drip marketing kind of keep dropping songs here and there along the way,
1: just to keep everybody interested, just yeah. to keep everybody hearing hearing what we're doing.
0: I was watching the uh, live stream from downtown Riverside, which is cool to see you playing in the IE. How did that come about?
1: Oh, that was that was awesome. So our sound guy uh, Tyler, awesome guy, he does our sound. He does the sound for all of our shows. He got into contact with the guys at Aura Vista. He, he did a couple of shows for, for them, their thing, and um, he invited us to come do a live stream show, and we were so stoked because this is like the first time we were actually playing our full set since quarantine, which was awesome.
0: Was it a little tougher without a crowd? I saw you kind of going over to a lot of the guys in the band and kind of rocking out with them. I imagine it must be a little bit tougher without that crowd in front of you.
1: It's incredibly difficult to play the show without the crowd. It, we had no clue who, like, what, what to do. I mean, we had some of our parents in, in, the, in the audience. So we, we try, I tried to do, do as much as I can with that. But there were like five people in this massive club. And, and it was like completely empty. <laughs> completely empty. And so there was no energy coming off of the crowd, which made the show just feel like a, a rehearsal right? rather than playing a show. I mean, after after a couple of live stream shows, it kind of gets a little easier. But it, there's never going to be the same without a crowd.
0: Especially with mom in the audience, it's not like she's going to be going nuts and her banging for you or anything. <laughs>
1: no, she she's on her phone. Watching, she was watching the live stream on her phone because the, the the sound system wasn't on. It was yeah, she was just watching trip. it on, on her phone have to you, hear everything.
0: Have you bought or, or watched any of these live streams during this crazy pandemic? I
1: haven't bought any live streams, but I did watch Julian K, Ryan's band, both both of Ryan's bands actually, Adima and Julian K, do their live streams, which was killer. They had this screen in the background. That was like surrounding them, and it was just a bunch of like lights, and it was a great show. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, I saw the uh, the uh, demo one. I didn't miss the Julian K one, but I definitely watched that demo one. It was cool with the monsters of rock eyes. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: it was sick. It was sick. I I, I want to do one of those someday.
0: <laughs> I'm sure it's coming. Someday I'm, soon. <laughs> I'm sure it's in the pathway. But I like sticking bands and categories and kind of making you pick your favorite out of out of the bunch. And okay, want to go back to the early '90s for what was kind of ruling the world and in the rock world and radio and amphitheaters across the world for what I lovingly call the Flannel Five. (laughs) So the Flannel Five. Yeah. This is gonna be consistent of Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, and I'm curious out of those five, your numero uno gotta pick one out of those five Soundgarden. Soundgarden. I knew it was gonna be that, but tell me why, expand Mm -hmm. on that a little bit.
1: So all of those bands that you just named are incredible. They have kind of shaped my music taste since I was very young. My dad used to listen to all those bands when I was very young, and we'd listen to them in the car. But every time a song like Black Hole Sun or Spoonman or Burden in My Hand comes up, automatically Chris Cornell's voice grabbed my attention. Everybody else, I feel, tried to do their own kind of thing, and it didn't hit the same way for me. As Chris Cornell's voice did And so to this day Anything involving Chris Cornell He just released his He just released a whole album Of his covers Right And they're just incredible I don't think there's gonna be Another singer like Cornell
0: I think you're right on that I mean the amazing thing was His voice How effortless it was And he wrote a lot of those Guitar parts And all like crazy time signatures And stuff too
1: A pain in the butt To try and play (laughs) I used to In School of Rock play, Play a couple of Soundgarden covers And I'd sing and play of, and we did Rusty Cage and it was impossible. Impossible. <laughs> I don't know how he did it but he was a monster when it came to that stuff.
0: Did you ever see online where uh, he, he played one? He played the Metallica one yeah. and the U2 Metallica's,
1: one? Metallica's one.
0: And and U2's one and I forget, I forget now which way it was but he did one where he played the music and one where he did the lyrics. Like, incredible. Yeah. Like, I, I can't even... Wrap my head around doing that, let alone playing it like he did.
1: He, he is in, insane. He did um, Sinead is Nothing Compares to You. Yeah. And he, uh, he made it his own, and it was something else. Something else. And there will never be another voice like his.
0: If you had to pick one song for us to play on the radio, which, which one do we want to play from Soundgarden?
1: Yeah. From Soundgarden, Burden in My Hand.
0: Love it. Love it. And That's I, my favorite Soundgarden song. Ironically, I was just talking to uh, Wes Scantlin from Puddle of Mud, and that's the one he picked, too.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome.
0: And I imagine, I knew where you were going to go with the Soundgarden thing, but I imagine that's kind of where the Sunset Grunge title that you guys created came up with. A little bit of Chris Cornell, a little bit of Slash.
1: Definitely. Definitely a little, little bit of Cornell, a little bit of Slash, a little bit of Alice in Chains, and a little bit of Motley. All of that is kind of like, Summing up what we do, the uh, the big thing for us when it comes to sunset grunge is grunge had this angsty kind of power to it, and the sunset rock, you know, kind of Motley Crue, Guns and Roses, Great White, all of that, all those hair metal bands had these crazy good like riffs and melodies and and all of that musically, and that's what we try we we try, we're trying to do with our music, and that's that's kind of where where we like to go. Is that kind of mix between the the riffing of the sunset era and the angsty, you know, power of the grunge movement?
0: Lyrically, both of those eras are completely on opposite sides. Yes, certainly the eighties era was completely all different sides. Party, and then and then the grunge, the flannel five era was more depression. Where do you come down lyrically?
1: Lyrically, I I kind of associate more with the grungy kind of, uh, you know, darker depression kind of thing. Mostly because, I mean, the grunge era was so big because it was relatable. Mm-hmm. Everybody could relate to what all these singers were singing about. That still hasn't changed. I mean, now we have music talking about, you know, drugs, sex, and, and money, right? Or, or like um, Cardi B's new song. What is it? Uh, <laughs> the, whatever. The WAP, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, where, I mean, how can you relate to that? <laughs> how can you... I mean, not, I mean Cardi B's amazing i mean lyrically how 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 can you relate to that and i don't i don't want to write a song that people can't listen to and read the lyrics and be like yeah that's that's right that's how i feel that's how it is you know
0: sticking on that topic being so young how do you write lyrics with such depth and meaning like a lot of like chris cornell did i mean without that life experience do you try to pick a topic or are you writing from experience i imagine more topic driven right
1: for the most part it's more topic driven. One thing is is with this this new day and age with with you know technology and the internet and whatever. A lot of kids my age and people my age are experiencing things that older people back in the 90s were experiencing after partying and doing drugs and all that but I like to think it's, it's the it's the social media and the electronics that kind of does it it's a it's a kind of a powerful thing to have you know having access to everything in the world in one tablet is kind of powerful and, and it invokes a lot of emotion and, and a lot of feeling and a lot of that kind of um, a lot of that kind of takes place now in our teen years as as a teenager yeah we we have we have depression we have uh, moments where we just feel completely helpless and especially now that we're, we're so accustomed to speaking out online rather than in person, it's harder to get over something like that. can't express our feelings the same way as, as, as easily as, as we want it to, you know?
0: You had to grow up quicker almost.
1: Almost, yeah. We, uh, with, this, with the whole new world, or how, how the world is right now, we, we had to grow up quicker. Especially now, um, during this quarantine kind of COVID-19 phase, Everybody is kind of like down. Everybody has been stuck at home. Everybody just doesn't want to do what they have to do. And they have to do it because if not, then nothing's going to get fixed. Nothing's going to get solved. That, so that's really where, where my lyrics come from. I have a bunch of different experiences that kind of shape my life in a different way. And it's easier for me to write about the darker stuff. So then it kind of brings up the lighter stuff towards the end, you know?
0: Hmm. Interesting. Let me pose this question to you. What do you think happens first? You return to school or your album comes out?
1: Oh, uh, my album comes out. Our album comes out. That's, <laughs> that's definitely the first thing that's going to happen. I don't think we're going to be coming back to school anytime soon.
0: So then what grade are you in at this point?
1: I'm a junior in high school. And so next year I'll be a senior, yeah.
0: Dang, so you're going to have an album out produced by Ryan and Amir and not even have graduated high school yet. That's the plan. That's the plan. Insane. (laughs) Insane. Appreciate all the time, Aiden. uh, Another one for you. A little music game. Since we did like the 90s, right? I'm going to push that from the early 90s, which was the flannel five. Let's take it more into the late 90s and early 2000s. And we did five before. So now we'll add one to it for six for what I like to call the new metal six pack. All right. So this is going to be Rage Against the Machine, Corn, Linkin Park, Slipknot, Disturbed, or System of a Down? For me, it's Linkin Park. Tell me why. Tell me why.
1: It kind of goes back to what I was saying about Soundgarden. Chester Bennington is phenomenal. I remember, um, I think one of the first songs that I remember hearing his voice on wasn't actually one of the Linkin Park songs. It was a um, version of Home Sweet Home from Motley Crue that he did.
0: Oh, weird. With,
1: uh, and yeah, I know, it, and it was incredible. I was like, who is the singer? And I realized, I mean, it's Linkin Park. The guy from lincoln park and i knew who lincoln park was because my older brother was super into them listening to him do home Sweet home was kind of the first thing that really caught my attention when it came to chester bennington and his voice like cornell's can't be replicated he's, he's in his own spot vocally where it's like his voice is so unique and it's his lyrics are so powerful something something different something new something that people didn't hear before that and it Made an impression. And that's my favorite part about Chester Bennington is that first time I heard him, it made an impression. Now, I mean, like working with Ryan and Amir, who have been close friends with him, who did Dead by Sunrise, who who they toured together um, with Julian Kay, hearing about Chester as a person is a whole different thing because you can see how impactful he was on the people around him and how much he really resonated with those people like with ryan and amir
0: it's amazing that comparing and contrasting chester to chris cornell who were uh, close friends apparently too but uh, ironically i see him as kind of way different voices both had a lot of sincerity yeah. chris could sing like an angel chester not so much like an angel but it was raw yeah. and believable like it, it sounded painful those words coming out you know when he was screaming it felt like he was bleeding
1: yeah, he was powerful. You can definitely feel the emotion when you listen to Tester Bennington.
0: That's why I love him. Pick a uh, pick a Linkin Park tune for us to play on the radio.
1: One More Light.
0: Oh. Not one of their harder ones. Going with the new one. Yeah. I love it. I think it.
1: that song is incredibly powerful. It's just, it's definitely one of my favorites.
0: All right, last question for you, Aiden. Let's get out of music for one second. <laughs> If we can. All right, I know let's it's do tough. It. I know it's tough because we're all music geeks. That's why you do what you do. That's what I do on the radio. End. But let's jump out of music for one second. It's a fill in the blank question. And it goes like this all right. When it comes to blank, I spare no expense. What's the one thing that you got to have when it comes out? Is it a game? Is it a shoe? What, it, what is it? What's, what's your thing? What's your thing outside of music? My thing
1: outside of music, and if it's completely outside of music, right?
0: Yeah, not the music. Not All
1: right, it is. Um, it's video games. Re- really into video games when I was younger, and um, so I mean now now I, I focus a lot on music. But in my spare time, I'll sit down with a controller and play some Xbox or something like that. <laughs> or I'll sit on the computer and I'll, I'll you know play some Minecraft or whatever. You know, something. It, it's it's nice to have something outside of what I do as my main. Just because it's, it, it kind of clears your mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think you go insane if you just do music all the time.
1: Exactly. Same thing over and over again. It just gets hard. It gets yeah. hard.
0: Yeah. Totally makes sense. Beautiful, man. Thank you so much for the time. Bye. Bye. Dude, you rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire podcast. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And follow me on the socials at MikeZ967. Follow me. I'll follow you back. Lastly, don't miss the show. Saturday nights at 11 p.m. Wired in the Empire on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in Southern California. Always streaming online at KCALFM.com. Adios.